Hello, Pastor Steve Waldron with Biblical Archaeology Today. I'm so glad you're here with us, and I am so thankful to be your host for this particular podcast. We're going to kind of do a summation of Old Testament infallibility, and we're using as a text pages 94 and 95 of the popular handbook of archaeology in the Bible by Holden Geisler. I've used this for a long time as a textbook at Indiana Bible College. I was managing editor of Premier Study Bible, the Premier Study Bible. We're very grateful that sold out, and God willing, the second edition is well on its way, should be out most any time, but I did the archaeological supplement in there as well. I have studied uh, biblical archaeology at a PhD level, but uh, I did not graduate. I had some choices to make in my life, with various opportunities, and... Uh, just never finished. So, but I do credit uh, my good teacher uh, there with uh, just great and uh, the many textbooks and books over the years. So, anyhow, let's get started. Glad you're here with us. The Stamp of Authority, page 94. It says, the New Testament authors also show reverence for the Old Testament scriptures by using interchangeable language describing what the scripture says about what God says. Their formula usually are seen in phrases such as the scripture says, or God, or the spirit says. For example, God instructs Moses to speak to Pharaoh, thus saith the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, Exodus 9, 13, and 16 in KJV, but in Romans 9.17, Paul writes of the same passage and says, the scripture says to Pharaoh. So you can see God and scripture, God is the word, interchangeable here. Other examples of such interchangeable language are found in Genesis 2.24, Matthew 19.4 and 5. This is very important, by the way. Psalm 2 and 1 and Acts 4.24 and 25. In Isaiah 55 and 3 and Acts 13, 34. The equating of Scripture speaking with God speaking shows the utmost regard for the Scriptures being God-breathed, this revealing the very mind of God himself. With this said, it is important to note that Jews would make an ontological distinction between God and his word. This would be like the Mimra of Jehovah, as it's called. Um, Edersheim goes into that. Jews would find it highly inappropriate to worship the Scripture as God, since they're not equal. God is a spirit, obviously, the Word of God. The words I speak unto you, they're spirit in their life, but the pages in ink are not spirit. And this would certainly be considered a form of idolatry known as bibliolatry. At the same time, in the Old Testament, just to equal things out, you know, uh, I think three different times it says, I'll lift up my hands to your word, or words like that, and uh, that's, I think, somewhere Psalm 55, 56, and then Psalm 119 has an instance very similar to that as well. Like Spurgeon would uh, bow to the Bible as he went to preach. The scriptures, though inerrant, infallible, and authoritative, are an expression of God's voice to reveal himself, John 5.39. Give us examples, 1 Corinthians 10.6, what a wonderful scripture that is, uh, as Romans 15 has a kind of an equivalent scripture there. 
sanctify his church, John 17, 17, and so thoroughly equip and instruct the people of God, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Their prolific use of the Old Testament demonstrates that the New Testament authors revered the scriptures as the highest written authority among mankind, and I agree with that. Those writers employed the Old Testament text in a variety of different ways, using them in their sermons, prayers, historical accounts, while addressing Jews and Gentiles alike in churches for exhortation as well as rebuke. We can conclude with no more significant example than Jesus himself. When Satan tempted him in the wilderness, he appealed to the authority of the Old Testament scriptures to rebuke the tempter. He gives the concomitant scriptures there. Jesus regularly referred to them in his ministry when speaking to his opponents, John 5.39, quoting it in prayers during his most intense times of suffering on the cross, such as Matthew 27.46, as well in his resurrected glory. Down to the words, see also 1 Corinthians 2.13 and Matthew 22.43, the tenses of the verbs, Matthew 22.32, also see Galatians 3.16, a lot of good 3.16s in the Bible, and the smallest parts of the words, Matthew 5, 17 and 18. Jesus unabashedly endorsed the divine authority of the Hebrew Old Testament Bible. And a lot there. <laughs> a lot there. And so we just want to say thank you so much for being with us today. I'm glad God has preserved his word. And we have it. And uh, God is so good. Please subscribe and share Share with your friends, neighbors, church, family, Sunday schools, college classes, uh, just whoever you feel would benefit. Grandchildren, children, aunts, uncles, people interested in the Bible. And uh, leave us a five-star review. They say it helps people find us. You may want to make a notebook or a journal of things you learn every day or something that you find interesting. And we're just going to tell you three or four weeks of doing that. You're going to have this amazing apologetics library that most people on earth never heard of. I talk to agnostics, atheists all the time and have for many years on our YouTube channel. And I'm just telling you, they don't know the dramatic amount of evidence is out there. They don't even know that there's evidence that they should be trying to refute. They don't even know it exists. And so, anyhow, God bless you. We'll talk with you later. Bye-bye.